are kicking off a brand new season, a Eurovision season. And luckily today, I am not by myself. Go on, introduce yourself. Lily, you've been on the podcast before. I couldn't kick off the season alone, right? Of course not. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about what we have coming up in the 2024 like season because it's been a kind of a quiet summer for us. It's been a quiet summer, and the thing is, it's it's so funny, because I feel <laughs> like as much as I am appreciating the organization and quickness with which these Swedes basically were like, look, y'all, this is when it's going down, this is where it's going down, these are the dates, now shut up and leave us alone for at least a solid, like, three months, and we'll get back to you when we get back to you, so... Uh, let's just cover the things that we know. Eurovision is going to be happening in Malmö, Sweden. It's going to be in the south of Sweden. We're not going to be in Stockholm, you know, like a lot of people thought. Obviously, our host broadcaster is um, uh, SVT, Svitea. It's going to be in Malmo Arena, which, of course, hosted the contest before in 2013. And the dates for Eurovision 2024 are uh, May 7th, 9th, and, of course, our grand final on the 11th. And actually, and I should just say too, I mean, because it's not like we don't know, but yeah, Malmo hosted it in um, 1992 and of course 2013 and this historic seventh tying win of Eurovision with Sweden. And of course they last hosted in 2016 and I was there in Stockholm in 2016. Well, I guess the first thing is just with all these dates, how are you feeling about it? Lily. It's kind of like that mid-ish May feeling, which I'm good with. Like, you know, the time of year, it's going to be not too early, not too late. Uh, when it's later on in the, the season, I get like a little antsier. So I'm going to happy it's going to get out of the way pretty quickly. Um, Malmo is a host city. No issue with that. I loved, you know, when they hosted previously watching it from afar. And I know that it's SVT. We know it's going to be a great show. We know everything's going to be fantastic because when have they not put on a good show? I mean, I agree with you. And it's funny because I felt like there were like haters that came out of the woodwork. And we got to talk about it because this is the Eurovision for real podcast. Mm -hmm. So we don't play around here. There were like a lot of haters that came out like instantly that were kind of like, oh, I didn't even like 2013. Like, remember this? Remember that? And I was just like, I recently... <laughs> rewatched like Eurovision 2013 and I watched it fondly. Maybe I would have felt different. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I would have felt different like in the moment, but I even remember watching cause actually 2013, I was able to cast it. Mm. I think that's what it was. I, I was able to like watch it on my TV. It wasn't like a laptop production. Um, it wasn't like a bar production. I, I think I watched cause I watched 2013 and 2014 on my TV, and then I remember being so pissed off that I couldn't cast 2015 to my television, and I was sadly watching it, like, just begrudgingly in my basement, upset about it, that I was watching from this sad, and I think I had a PC at the time, too. I don't even mm -hmm. think I was watching it on a Mac. Awful, awful experience. I don't recommend it. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> I remember watching 2013 on my computer, I had in one window, I had the Eurovision contest going on, an old school social media site, live journal. And I was like, kind of like live commenting on it. And someone's like post and just having like a little fun chit chat. Cause I definitely remember watching 2012 cause I made terrible memes. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I was, I was using live journal and that just, I feel like it's a little wild to think about. <laughs> I don't know. I just, maybe we're just being nostalgia for nostalgic for like nostalgic sake. Yeah. Uh, but I actually liked the show in 2013. I loved my girl Petra holding it down solo hosting. I mean, just 
come on. It was great. I thought the, you know, the skits were actually funny to me. I enjoyed my Eurovision 2013 experience, but I will admit, and I think I have said this, I've gone on record, like I was really thinking that this was the year for Stockholm, just Mm -hmm. given kind of the path we've been on. But there were a couple of signs in the lead up, not just the Taylor Swift concert. We're not going to dig into that. But there were a couple of signs just, you know, we haven't been in capital cities. And it's something that makes me now feel like, Maybe this is actually what the EBU wants. Um, I, I don't know how this will pan out for other countries. I mean, obviously, if we had, I think, like a Balkan win, we would be back yeah. in a capital city sort of vibe. Uh, but, you know, some of their countries, uh, the, their capital cities are a little bit of a, a smaller scale. You yeah. know, I, I look fondly at I'm waiting for the Czech Republic to win soon. I still stand by that. And obviously, then we would be in Prague. And I think Prague is dope. Oh, I love Prague. Love, love it. Prague. Yeah, we want it to happen soon. So, um, you know, really, we're talking about Eurovision 2024. And... You know, it is just interesting. I think it's crazy to not talk about how this might be one of the quieter, like, Eurovision off-seasons. And I, I don't know. How do you feel about it? I'll ask you first. How how have you felt about it? I think with getting all the information so soon after the contest about the host city um, and the dates, that kind of leaves us so we're not really speculating about that. We're left to kind of speculate about what's going to happen with next year. So like looking online and on, you know, different social sites, it just feels like it's a lot of guessing about or like making wish lists for what you want more than anything else. Because we don't have to go, okay, what day is it going to be? Where is it going to be held at? That sort of thing. Um, And like kind of everything numbers wise, it wasn't like with um, 23 like uh 2022 where we could really like kind of pick apart things that happened behind the scenes we didn't have that this year really so it's been a really quiet kind of kind of summer and it's you know making me look forward to september 1st so hopefully we get some more energy up in here yeah i'm looking forward to like the official start of the Mm -hmm. season i'm appreciating actually a little level of like lack of speculation i'm glad that they just said the dates i'm glad they said the city i do think it is fun to speculate about what we'll see on the stage i think that's just fun like it's fun to kind of think about like host and like interval acts and you know perhaps like guest appearances and stuff like that like what we'd want to see i think that that's like the fun side of the fandom and i do think sometimes when we don't have host cities we don't have dates and stuff then the speculation can run wild and given you know some of the uh energy after of course our winner was crowned uh Lorien um and and rightfully crowned and the reason why we say rightfully crowned is because there are rules yeah and the rules were followed and all of the you know all of the criteria to win was fulfilled so you know we're not over here speculating but I think given a little bit of that energy I like a little bit of the space the breath for people to kind of like, okay, we've got a new Eurovision season. We've got plenty of time to be pissed off about winners. We've got a whole national selection season to have that energy. So save it up. Save up that energy to be pissed off at national (laughs) selections because, I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's It's going to happen. happen. And low-key, I'm not mad at it. Now, it's interesting because as of now, participating for the folks that have, like, confirmed. So I think we're still at, are we still at 27? Yeah, I haven't seen anyone else I think, come out. I think the new, so we're at 27, which, uh, you know, we've got Luxembourg coming back. And maybe let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. Um, I have thoughts about that, so let's talk I, about it. Well, I'm just going to start off with mine, and mine is really simple. I think Luxembourg is going to come back and really come back, like yes. serve. I don't think that they're going to be playing it safe. I don't think that they're going to be weak. I, I I would make a wild guesstimate with no other information that Luxembourg is going to finish at least top 10. You this know year, what? At minimum. When you invited, I was like, hey, what are we, you know, you invited me. I was like thinking the same thing. I was like, I want Luxembourg to come top 10. I feel like they would not be coming back unless they were ready to come back. 
legit. And they were like legitimately. I've been watching all the older years too, back to back. Over yeah. the break, and I'm just like they brought some absolutely iconic songs. Yeah, and they were a real powerhouse. Legitimately, like, legitimately, absolutely. they were the first country to get like five wins, <laughs> and they held on to that for a bit. Like the only <laughs> one with five wins, and yeah, no, they absolutely are gonna bring something good. And I like the fact that with the broadcaster announcement they're only allowing artists from luxembourg yeah or artists with a deep connection to the country which i love because as much as i enjoy those classic songs from luxembourg a lot of it was mostly french artists mm-hmm. who were coming mm-hmm. in so it's like this is a great chance to really show off local talent yeah and you know and give them your full support and like because it's a small country you know how many no people- it is this is the world stage i've i have always said this and i'm so glad that this is happening i just think that eurovision can be such an amazing introduction for an artist to the world like to the yeah. world and the way that we're so now interconnected online you know there isn't really that gap there isn't that barrier like we are so interconnected now thank you to the internet and even with um the ebu's partnership with tiktok which makes complete sense because this is a song contest and now charts are being really dictated by what's popping on tiktok what's trending there what are people hopping on what are people like adding their sounds to what song has a challenge to it you know and and i really really think that it's an opportunity so i i love that the fact that we could potentially have someone either really known or even like and this is what i love like that unknown getting on the stage serving it and just like taking it over and having the opportunity to catapult into worldwide stardom i i love that i love the potential of that yeah and that's the thing i like about your origin the most is because it's giving opportunity to artists who you wouldn't really have a chance to see anywhere else or any other way and that's kind of like why i look forward to the contest every single year especially national finals too yeah, it's really introducing you to, to just people who, you know, I live in the states. I wouldn't know about half the artists if it wasn't for your vision. So, right, right. So let's let's maybe break down a little bit. So let's talk a little bit more in detail with our host city being Malmo. Now, let's talk, Lily. Mm-hmm. Do you think Malma is going to be able to top that sort of in person? experience that uh you know liverpool was able to really i think uh put themselves down in the eurovision history books as like one of i think the best kind of on the ground fan experiences for the contest do you do you feel like malma is going to be able to do that honestly i think that you know maybe not Just well i i agree don't be really- scared yeah, yeah don't like be scared. Really I agree. Good job. Like, and Liverpool kind of hyped up everything so well and brought back a lot of the fan experiences that they didn't have for a while, um, you know, with COVID and everything. And so I, I think that Liverpool did an excellent job with that. And I just, I also feel like there's a certain rowdiness that's like kind of just innately in a UK city yeah. that Swedish cities don't have. Yeah. And like that liveliness doesn't feel like it would be available in Malmo, even though they've done it before. Yeah, I think the thing that is going to hurt, I I think there's like two things that's going to hurt Malmo a little bit. The one big thing, and this is me saying it because I know everyone's going to be asking me like all year, all year round, like, are you going to Eurovision? One thing that is going to hurt, I think, Malmo as a host city, Eurovision for real, is I think a lot of us are going to be staying in Denmark. I'm going to be in Denmark, okay? I'm going to be hanging, kicking it in Copenhagen. I'll take the train when I need to. Um, I think that there's going to be a little bit of decentralization of kind of the fan experience just based off that. Now, I might have to hit up a friend and be like, yo, can I use your couch on one night if I want to hit up like Euro Club? That might have to be a thing that I do. So I think that's like the first thing. I think the second thing is a little bit linked to the first piece, but I think more plainly is just 
it's a smaller uh, town, you know, it's a smaller city. Uh, and so I think, you know, there was one piece of it that I was kind of like, oh, well, it's smaller. So maybe like when we're in Malma, it'll really feel like Eurovision. But I, I think the challenge will be, will it have kind of all the bells and whistles put together to really bring on what you were sort of referencing that rah-rah? Like, are we going to get a little bit of that? And I mean, like, let's be real, like Swedish culture. And I say this as someone who has tons of Swedish friends, like Stockholm is like low-key my favorite city like in the world Mm -hmm. that I have that I have been to, asterisks that I have been to. Uh, But yeah, you know, Swedish culture is a little bit more reserved and whatnot. So I don't know if that rah-rah is going to be in there. And then I'm going to say, I'm going to throw out this because this is Eurovision for real. And although this isn't my personal opinion, I wonder if some people are a little bit if they're going to have, they're going to be carrying the wet blanket for the year because they're bummed that Finland didn't win. So I, you know, I wonder if, I imagine that most of those people will be getting on the internet pretending, you know, once they scrub the cha-cha-cha out of their Twitter profile, (laughs) they decide to, you know, change their avatar to not um, be Katia. Like, that then they will just go on pretending as if, like, oh, no, I was always excited. Like, Eurovision forever. Um, So I hope that some of the people let it go. But I do wonder if there was a little bit of a wet blanket. And I and I think, too, not so much because of even the Katia and the Lorien of it all, but really because of perhaps this growing, I don't want to say dissatisfaction, but this growing, um, I would say, tide shift within the fandom about really the usefulness, the, the purpose, and the effectiveness of the jury system at play. And I wonder if that begins to turn people off and actually maybe I'll throw out a fourth one the cost I'm just gonna go ahead and say because I think last year I was having a whole bunch of conversations of like is Eurovision becoming like a rich man's holiday a gay white rich man's holiday (laughs) like is that what it's just gonna be you know for the gays who are rich like this is you know this is the holiday and I'm just gonna go ahead and say like at this point it is definitely a rich man's holiday. It's not going to get any cheaper. And yes, I everything is more expensive now. But I have to say, I, I do think that there is a way to do this in a more sustainable and affordable fashion. Yeah. But I don't think that the EBU, the broadcasters are really going to have those real conversations when we're doing the host city bid agreements to ensure that this be something that is affordable so that everyone can get in on the action and to be fair it's a television show at (laughs) at the core anyway so you know for the ebu it's like is that even really something that we have to care about like where you can sit in your house and click on your television and it's there so do we have to make this something affordable for you at, you know, you travelers, you tourists? I don't know. But then I wonder, but then how is it advantageous for the broadcasters in the cities to then throw all in to do it yeah. if people are then not going to be able to attend? Oh, yeah. Really? No, I I feel that. My thing is, I'm like, this is when we got to start rooting for these countries who haven't won yet. Because a lot of them, that's going to be a much cheaper trip to go to. Flight, hotel, Hello, everything. people. Hello, people. I need y'all to start picking up your phones and voting for like some Balkans or like, shoot, even like Lithuania. Let's throw it to them every once in a while. Um, but yeah, no, I it I think that the cost is definitely a huge factor of it. And it's like if you are in a place that's already kind of reserved combined with the cost factor, people aren't going to be ready to go, you know, all out crazy and have like a really fun time. But like you said, it is, it is a TV show. My concern is like, what's the point of putting in a big bid? Yeah, you get the prestige of, yes, my my city is hosting, but you're not going to get that tourist boost. Well, like, right, right. I mean, I just, I, I just, you know, maybe this is like the advocate in me, like kind of the corporate, like annoyed, like capitalism is the devil person in me. Like this is perhaps what mm-hmm. that is. So 
Uh, oh, that yeah. person's already always ready to jump out of me. Screaming. Person. Yeah, it's just coming out of my chest immediately. Um, yeah, I, I just, I do think that it is, there will be a reckoning where it is going to get out of hand. And the fandom is already so tight and already attuned to what's going on that there will be a reckoning. Let's, um... Well- Oh, go on. Go on. I was going to bring another question here regarding this. Because I think, like, do you think it's maybe the, because I know some people look at the juries, like, ooh, what are you doing with the juries? Which, I don't know if there's, like, also a point where the juries do tend to favor places that are more expensive, I feel like. If you look at, like, Hmm. history and, like, who they vote for, because it's like, yeah, I know why Sweden gets good points, because everyone uses Swedish songwriters. Yeah. There's connection there. There's relationship there. If you have a country that has a well-established music industry, you're setting established acts with well-produced music tracks that have like a more dominant sound, which you're going to get out of Western Europe more, where it's more expensive. Yeah. If like it just seems like I, I mean I'm I'm also not one of those anti-jury people ever. Yeah, we yeah, not juries. over here. We yeah, need, we need the juries. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I will say I did not miss them in the semifinals. Yeah, I, I was chilling like in the semifinal and low key having them then come out at the at the grand final. I did not mind where there's some numbers that were a little bit like, OK, you just like put this together. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like you were just gung ho on like Lorian. And then, you know, like I'd say I felt like for most of the juries, like their top three like made sense like honestly like israel like israel made sense like in the top five this year like it it just it did it made sense obviously italy i mean it could be argued that italy always makes sense in the top five and finally the jury actually woke up and stopped playing italy like they have historically done for years (laughs) including Mm -hmm. and some people some people get mad at me because they're like Oh, what Monaskin, they they weren't that far down. They weren't high enough. Yeah. They weren't high enough. Like, yeah. They weren't high enough. So that's where I'm coming from. I'm not saying that they were just down in the dumps, but they surely, to me, were not high enough. And I would argue the success of Monaskin post yeah. Eurovision just only proves my point. So I, I, I think it was like, I felt like the top three top four even when you look at some of the jury scores across it's like i could make a case like okay like it kind of makes sense kind of makes sense once we get from like five to ten on a lot of it i i started looking at some of these and i was like huh because it's some of the stuff just started just not making sense it was almost as if they were just like yeah we're definitely going to be giving this up to lorian and like Y'all figure out the fuck rest. <laughs> like, yeah, that's y'all, really what I felt like. It did. It did. And and I'm not saying this to, again, take away, because obviously we were in the camp of people who were not upset. Yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> I'm like, nothing, nothing in the top, one song in the top three, I would have been like, mm, really? Well, because like, I, I know which one you're talking about. You're talking about, yeah. is, the thing was, though, Israel sort of did the thing like they checked the boxes. Yeah. Exactly. And and to be fair, you know, I was worried about all of my young pop girlies this year. All of yeah. them because I was like the music industry does not require y'all to sing anymore. You just have to look cute mm-hmm. and dance. And so they're not really requiring vocals. You know, I mean, that's yeah. just that's just the case, I think, in music industries across the world. So I was like, I'm concerned about any of them if they're going to be able to execute. Noah was able to execute. And I agree it, 100, it, She I agree executed it. That statement. Like, my issues all with that were the song. Right, I right. I felt like the, like the song itself just felt like it was trying to check off what's trendy. Mm-hmm. And well, I which I like, think everyone said. Yeah, which... To yeah. me, that dates that dates a performance for me. Like okay. Goes, you look at this and go, okay, this this is when this happened, and it loses an ability to kind of be timeless. Like you can yeah. sound of your era, but still have a sound that doesn't sound like it's a cliche version of that era. And I so, agree. Like, I think with tattoo, it sounds of the era. It doesn't sound cliche, and it also yes. sounds like a Lorian track because if you look back at like the song that sounds the most like to me is euphoria it kind of has that mm-hmm. same kind of through line with it i think that's like yes i think it was intentional well i think that that yeah. was intentional yeah like a sequel yeah you know, this is your 
your sequel. And that works for me because it still sounds of its era, but doesn't sound mm-hmm. like it stereotypically of the time, which I'm down with. But like, yeah, like that's yeah. Well, we're we're not looking back completely. We're not looking back completely. But, you know, moving moving forward into talking. So, Melma, I think it's going to be cool. I think anyone expecting the in-person experience to trump what went down in Liverpool, probably not going to happen. I think this will be different. But I am still on my pitch. What 2016 did completely right was the red carpet event, the, um, the Eurovision Fan Cafe, the... Um, uh, what, what Euro Club? It was all in the same venue, okay. and they even they even offered like people could pay like if you didn't have accreditation, you could like pay for the day to like gain access to like Euro Club and stuff like that. And I I think now that we are going to be in Malmo, which is again smaller city, not a capital city experience, I definitely think that needs to be the plan. This year, I mean, I will say that for every year, I think it should be the plan. But I think for something that is going to ultimately maybe feel a little bit more decentralized than previous years, I I think they got to have that happening this year. Um, Let's talk about potential hosts, because I'm going to just go ahead and say I think Farah is definitely going to be in the mix. I think we should just get that out of the way. Farah is going to be in the mix. She's going to be one of the hosts. Yeah, um, I can definitely see that. Another person in my head I'm hearing, I'm thinking And I'm talking about Farah who hosted Melfest last year. Not the, um, because there's another Farah who did Melfest, what was that, 2015? Oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Y'all know, there's like two Farahs. So I'm talking about the one who did Melfest last year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think like who it's going to probably, they're going to probably pick. Um... Well, can I throw out who I would like to see potentially sure. in the running? I want um, David Lindgren. Okay, that's one of the names. Yes, I would really, I would he's really. So fun. He's so fun. He's talented. He is actually funny. Like mm. I, if we gotta have a dude, um, in the mix, I know some people are throwing out Oscar Zia. To me, the resume is not long enough. Love yeah. him. Love him. But the resume is not long enough to be like holding it down center stage. To me, Farah is, de- again, I think Farah is definitely in the mix. It's just going to happen. But I would like to see David. I'd, I'd like to see, I'd like to see him. I think he'd be really good. No, I agree with that. 100% with that. He's so fun. Um, and he's got like great energy to him. He's kind of like the um, the past Melfest hosts I would want to see the most personally. Right, um, right. Just because he can do, he can kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, what is her name? Oh my gosh, I know she probably wouldn't be a main host, but I would expect to see her like doing little skits well, or something. Yeah, Sarah Dawn Finer. That's who I was thinking. Of. And to <laughs> me, because some people were talking about her. My, I've said I've gone on record with this. I think she, when she's not playing a character, she has mm-hmm. a tendency to be a little stiff. Yeah. Like in the delivery. So if she's on the hosting and I just I I think, you know, Farah, even though I think she is funny and she's got good personality and stuff, I think she's going to be kind of playing like our, you know, mistress of ceremonies, kind of keeping us on schedule and stuff. So I think she if we're having three hosts, which, you know, I'm a big I'm a big fan of. We don't need to give out that many checks. We could just have two people. We could just I'd have say, two. I do even make Sarah um, do play a character and set her in the green room. I mean, yeah, I I would be down for Linda Woodruff doing the green room. I would yeah. be okay with that. I would yeah, I would be okay would, with that. That would have a good dynamic to it. Yeah, um, I'd be cool with that. But I don't then, really want her. I just. I know. I don't know. I just. And she's such a great vocalist. I'm almost just like, just give her an interval to sing some song. And. Again, we still right. actually, can I just say this? Every year at Eurovision, I am shocked that they don't do an in memoriam section. I need that. I need that so bad. Every year, I am like, come on. Like, we just need to start. If this, could this be the year where we get a Eurovision in memoriam section? And, and, and then we can have Sarah Dawn Finer sing a, a beautiful oh. rendition of like Candles in the Wind. 
like or um what is it there angel um and do they know the place is where we go what what song is that I lost. Isn't it Robbie Williams did the original with my gray and Oh, I don't know any. I I don't know any Robbie Williams songs. Dreaming something like that. Da 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 da. Okay, yeah, whatever. But I want I will I will continue to advocate for the in memoriam section. Some people might think it's whack. I'm just like you have all of these people like. You have to recognize, like, the contest is getting older. Like, let's honor, like, these people on a grand stage. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, I can't imagine. I don't know why we don't do it already. I've been saying we've been needing to do it at least since 2017 or 2018. I mean, like, yeah. it needs to happen. And it's like people, we don't want to make it, like, a downer situation. When you watch the Oscars... To me, it's that is one of my situation than either. Well, I'm gonna tell you, I cry every time, but I, but I find it more like it, it is celebrating the mm-hmm. lives, the art that these people have given us. And I even think, you know, put some of the technical staff in there too. Put some of the people who like show producers and uh, like I just we digress. Anyway, um, have, yeah. Any other hosts you'd want to see potentially um, on the stage? No, I think we hit it on the hit the nail on the. Yeah, I just, I I mean, and, and, and obviously y'all already know we want to see Petra. Yeah, I want to see her, but I understand why we, like, we will not be seeing her. I don't think it's still official. I'm, I'm not, uh -uh. I I think it still could happen in a capacity. I'm still living in the world where there will be some capacity. She could get the, um, she can get the grand Graham Norton treatment. Just bring her out for the final. Like, okay. I really, ugh. and if she's not able to do it, I want there to be some type of mentorship program from the minute they announce the host that, that they are having regular every other week Zoom meetings so that she can talk to these people about what works. What year was it they had the little skit with the boot camp? Oh, that was like 2017, 20, right? <laughs> Where they had a little skit with the boot camp. I mean, she need Petra's presenting boot camp. Okay, Petra's presenting practice hall. I I don't care what it is, but we need to open up some type of mentorship program for some of these presenters so that they can hone and improve their skills. I don't even think that that's crazy. I'm actually being low key serious because clearly you got the special sauce, girl. Yes, like these fools can't do what you do. Yeah, you gotta help them. There's a reason we love her. Mm-hmm. She's so good at, with, at hosting. I, that's all I'm saying. So if we got to see new faces, I want I want to at least ensure that those new faces are getting the training, the motivation, and the presenter prep that they need to get on that stage and shine for themselves. Like, I mean, yes, we get to benefit off of it, but I mean, it's them. I mean, them sad ladies from 2015, we still talking about how terrible they were. You know, that's embarrassing. I- we're still talking about awful. I I think when we were in in the lead up before the show started, I had rewatched like a couple of there were like a couple of years that I went back to rewatch and I think like 2015 queued up. Chow. I ran away so quickly <laughs> from from that live stream. I was like, "Oh my god, like we were not exaggerating. It was terrible. It was ter- the the hosting the hosting and some of the songs. 2015 yeah. is my least favorite year <laughs> by really? a mile. Oh, 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 I feel that way about 2012. I can't stand. Mm. Oh no, 2012. But you know what? 2012, in a weird way, I enjoy the show. Like not because of the hosting or anything. I guess the music, I guess I kind of like some of the songs from 2012. I think that's that's what it is. I think I kind of like it. 2015, to me, I just remember being so tired. Like, the show, the semis were like, ugh. And I think the other thing about 2015 was I, I was not happy about some of the qualifications 2015. I wanted both of my warriors to make it through. Okay, I'm just saying that. And I thought that Ireland deserved to make it through that oh, year, yeah. too. I, Ireland 100% to qualify that year come on a few times they have deserved to qualify in the last Uh, literally literally 
I mean, so, I have a thought about Ireland I want to share real quick because we're talking about next year. Oh, yeah, let's talk about it. I would love to see them in the final again. Well, I, I want what I want from Ireland is I want them to finally have like a fire in them to kind of like give us the energy they should have been giving us. I, I, I mean, look, if the song is good, I mean, obviously, everything that we say, disclaimer, yeah. disclaimer, everything we say, if the song is good, when we talk about like, oh, we love to see like this country host because mm-hmm. we like it to be cheaper, not just because we just want to go there. If the, like if the song is good, duh, that's your underscore everything, duh. If the song, the presentation, the vocals, the styling, you know, full package. If everything is on point, then yes, we want to see it for you. And with Ireland, I, Ireland needs the artist. They need, and that's, I think, the thing that has been holding them back. Because even with Wild Youth last year, they didn't even have their main lead singer singing. And he can sing. I, I went, when I, t- <laughs> Lily, I, there was a day. I, and it's, it's somewhere on Twitter where I, like, finally really dug deep. I, this is the thing. I had heard some of Wild Youth songs because people, you know, because obviously yeah. they won the bid. So I was like, let me go back and listen. So then when I was listening to some of the songs, I was like, mm. I was like, what's going on? And so then when the, when I was experiencing the vocals that we were getting for We Are One, I was very confused because I was like, this doesn't even sound right. And then finally I watched like a music video. Uh-huh. Lily. I. <laughs> their main singer his voice is like butter. Okay? So what was he? Butter. I don't even want to get into it. It's irrelevant because we don't have to worry about them anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's irrelevant. But the fact that that, and, and one of the songs that they, and I even watched a performance that they had on the Late Late Show. Okay. Sounded amazing. So the foolishness with which we were supplied, the terrible styling, the oh. not, not looking at camera angles, the vocals that were happening after clearly a night of drinking and perhaps smoking, allegedly. I don't know what it was, but it made no sense and it came off very unprofessional, okay? I'm just going to live in that world. I think about that jumpsuit. It haunts my nightmares. Like, it, What do they call it? Because for me. women, it's a camel toe. What do they call it for dudes? I don't know a camel tail. I I, I don't know what the I don't know a moose. I don't know what oh, a moose knuckle. Is that what it is? Is it a moose no, knuckle? A, a moose knuckles like if you're overweight. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what, what I don't know what it was. But his <laughs> balls were on international display. Child, Dance why? Belt. Dance belt, dance Come belt. Come on! Exist. I mean, I just and it, and just the like. Yeah, we're wearing the gold jumpsuit for the Eurovision of it all. Get the fuck out of here! I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Let's let's <laughs> let's transition. But you know what? Actually, because we're talking about it. So we talked about host. I talked about I think interval acts on my. I'm just going to tell y'all. I'm going to give one interval act thing because I don't think I brought it to the Eurovision for Real podcast. You know, there was all of this conspiracy theory after Eurovision 2023 Mm -hmm. talking about, oh, well, because it's the 50th anniversary of ABBA. And so then all the reports were out that it was like ABBA's not getting back together. They're not going to be on the stage. So all of y'all look stupid, blah, blah, blah. Hold on real quick. It is the 50th anniversary of ABBA winning. If you think that this show is going to go down without any type of ABBA tribute or representation, you have lost your mind. And when I say you don't need to have Benny, Bjorn, what is it, um, Anietta, and then... Um, oh, Annie, Annie Fried. And, if, and Fred, yeah. Yep. We don't need to have the four of them on stage when we have the holograms. Yep. When we have the holograms okay and i and i have thrown this out there i have thrown this out there remember riverdance was launched mm-hmm. on the eurovision stage became a worldwide phenomenon that is still taking over the world to this day i went to bush gardens recently come on they got the they got the thing in ireland i remember mm-hmm. that i had a friend of mine it, my fr- a friend of mine was actually in that show for a little bit one of the singers okay. um but no, actually, I, it, side story. I have a ton of friends who worked at Bush Gardens, by the way, as singers. And I want to shout out 
um, a big Bush Gardens alum, Patrice Covington, who is in the National Geographic. She played one of Aretha Franklin's sisters next to Cynthia Revo's rendition in the show. Patrice is amazing. And she used to sing in Italy uh, in Bush Gardens. Um, and we would regularly go and see her perform. Yes, big ups, Patrice Covington, homegirl can sing. Anyway, we had Riverdance take over the world on the Eurovision stage. This is about money, okay? Now I'm now now the capitalist in me is coming out, okay? The the it's it's the devil the the devil I'll and angel it, on the side. I'll let it slide for a second. And so then go right back to it. The capitalist in me is like, if you think that that them people for that ABBA show aren't trying to figure out how to take that on the road, you have lost your mind. Money is green. Money makes the world go round. Money, money, money. Gonna. Okay, I'm just saying that no. if they can figure it out, because this is the thing, they don't even have to, fit. like, one, they're trying to figure it out. So let me just start off there. They are trying to figure out how they can take that show on the road. So that's number one, because they'll just make way more money. I mean, look at Mamma Mia. Hello. Been translated in multiple languages, is a, a hit around the world. And and on the seven seas, because Royal Caribbean has Mamma Mia on one of their Oasis class ships. I can't even remember which one, but it's there. Uh, so I think the allure, I think it was the allure of the seas. I, I can't know recall. nothing about cruises. I can't say anything about oh, that. Y'all know I'd be on a cruise. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I think that this could be a great way to promote that to the world. But even if they can't figure it out. I mean, we've had plenty of Grammy shows, American Music Awards and stuff like that, where they have like, especially for the Vegas residencies, they will actually have like, like Shania did it, Britney did it, where they're performing on the stage. So who's to say that in the arena that they show the ABBA show, that they don't show Eurovision and then they go live yeah. to the arena for that performance done by the holograms? Boom, that's your interval act for the grand final. EBU, run me my check. Honestly, I, now I have a vision in my head of holograms. And it's like, oh, well, you know, whatever, they're not going to be there. And then slowly pan out and they're actually there. That would be adorable. I mean, look, but if, like, I, they'll I, take the check. <laughs> why not take the check? <laughs> Just take the check. And it's what everyone wants. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I can't imagine why they wouldn't be able to somehow make the holograms work. Like, I feel like, I mean, they did it at, what what year was Coachella when we got the first kind of like holograms? Oh, you mean that's like the, that I think is creepy. I think I the holograms think, Beyond yeah. the Dead, I find very oh, no. bizarre. <laughs> and huh. and if I will just tell you, if, if there is ever an Aaliyah hologram placed before me on my news feed in no. a concert, I would scream, I would audibly scream. <laughs> just no, scream really bloody upsetting. murder. Like, That's what? like the, that, oh God, that was a rough night. Uh, <laughs> well, it just gave me flashbacks. Literally. I remember um, my mom telling me, just, this is a podcast, we can do this. Um, I remember my mom telling me in the car and I was like, you're lying. I, was, I remember being like, no, she's like, yeah, isn't that that young singer that, that just, I was like, don't you dare, woman, I remember my, my mother. Mom had, <laughs> my mom came home from work and she told me then. And I was like, because I was, I remember sitting like on my trampoline in her backyard at night. Horror. She told me. I was like, what? No. Oh, yeah, that was an upsetting night. It was a very okay. upsetting evening. But Lily, do you do, throw out there what? Do you have another interval act that you're like, we got to do it? Oh, actually, wait, hold on. Because I did do a TikTok about this and I totally forgot. Yeah. If we can't get ABBA, because I think with Ace of Base, I think they celebrated like the 30. Is that what it is? 30 years? Maybe of I saw the sign. 30? Okay, yeah. I'm, yeah, I think it was 30. Yeah. yeah, of like I saw I saw the sign or what was it? It was just the sign. Yeah. Um, if we can't get ABBA. You better give me Ace of Base. I better have it. I mean, I'd be down with that, too. I'm thinking, like, give me full nostalgia. I don't yeah. know, a little bit of, like, a, that Max Martin sound. I've been really nostalgic for lately. Well, are like they... That. 
But, you know, they did the Max Martin tribute a little bit in 2016. It, we got that. I mean, we That's, got a bit of it, but, like, I'm thinking more, like, you know how they did... Like a full-fledged... Yeah, like, you know how they did the... I wouldn't the, hate um, that. Interval in Liverpool with the different Eurovision acts coming back? Yeah, I I'm wouldn't hate that. really bring people back, but I would be down with, kind of... Like a Max Martin... Like, basically, we have passed, like, Eurovision, par- like, representatives of Sweden, and we do a, a... So, maybe with the flag parade, mimic that. Yeah, But then have people perform Max Martin hits... I would I'd not hate, that. but you know what I would prefer? <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is, this is being completely selfish. What I would prefer is just straight up, give me Backstreet. <sighs> Come on, cause Backstreet's got it. Come on now, everybody. We just, got like, it going on. Oh, yes. That's yeah. like the era pop music feels the most important culturally too. oh i completely agree and like, no, i completely sound agree it's just like that sound shapes so much of what i enjoy now that, yeah like, if you yeah. give me that sound i'm down for it like just give me like the classic i'll be real with you though and this is probably sacrilege but i stand by it i don't really like his new stuff it's like the ta- well but i don't like taylor swift so i don't even <laughs> i literally have taylor swift muted on Twitter, and I was trying to figure out like vigorously during the Eras tour because I felt like every time I'd be swiping on TikTok, there'd be someone like live mm-hmm. at the Taylor Swift, and I'm just it's just. But but the thing is, it's not that I don't like. It's just I am not the demographic for it at all. Yeah. She is not singing to me. She is not talking about scenarios that I have experienced in my you know blonde living in my basement thirteen year old girl life. Like I just I was already an adult. By the time she came out, and I was like, "No, this is I'm like, this is not for me." The same age as her, and I can't listen to like half. No, well, myself, so. but I, but I will, but I will say, you know, I do. I wouldn't hate a Max Martin tribute. You know, Britney's not going to come out and do anything. She's too busy twirling in her, you know, three T underwear in her living room. No, <laughs> not the three T underwear. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Like, sometimes I look at the clothes and I'm just like, my three-year-old probably could fit this, <laughs> oh. you know, comfortably. Um, <laughs> we love Britney, though. But let me just tell you, I would fight for Britney. If I saw Britney Spears on the street and someone rolled up on her, rolled up on her I would instantly throw hands. No, agree. Like, it would be no, like, I would zone out. <laughs> Megatron would come out of me. The Autobot... And I would go ham. It's over. Like, but you know, like Britney is like that cousin that is like, I can talk about her, but you can't. Yeah, exactly. You cannot talk about her. Exactly. <laughs> only, only family. Only, only family. family. <laughs> um, only family. I'm trying to think of other like, because I don't know like, that lately if we kind of in the 90s mood. If we're going to talk mm. about like past Swedish artists. The cardigans give me a little love fool. Yeah, but they were one hit wonder low key. They were really. Yeah, in the States. Well, that's what I'm saying. But that's kind of what I mean. Like we, I think Ace of Base is trumping the cardigans. Even though I I will say love fool did pop up, um, pop up in my playlist on the way I went to the Outer Banks this summer. Mm -hmm. And so it popped up and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot how like obsessed with this song I was. (laughs) I was like, because it like came on and I instantly was like. You know, like when you're singing along, it's like, how do I still know? Like, I know these words. How do I, I, mean, I know like, all of I only, this? I can think of like three songs by Ace of Base. I saw, but they're songs that yeah. have stood the test. And then, what you gonna tell your dad? Wheel of Fortune. Then we have, obviously, all that she wants is another baby. She's gone tomorrow, boy. And then, oh, wait, 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 wait. It was Wheel of Fortune I really liked. There's another one that they had that I don't think was like a big hit. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I have to look this up because it's going to kill me. They had another song, Ace of Base, that I, that, yeah, again, it wasn't, um, oh, this was a big hit. It's a beautiful life. Oh, oh. Yeah. That know. one. I'm like, I just want to be here beside you. Um, and I don't know. I, I've been an, I will just tell you, just confession. I have been deep in revisiting Aqua. I have both hard copies, hard copies of their CDs. I have the original, like, 
the seed CDs. I don't have the cases anymore because I put them actually in my office is where I keep my CDs. I only bring it in the car when I'm like driving. Oh, is my CD book right here? Is that the old school CD book? <laughs> yes. I and I had it I had it by artist section, so I have my whole Kanye section. Mm-hmm. I have my whole Sarah Brightman is is really uh like four pages technically, front and back. Oh yeah. Like cuz I have Sarah, Sarah Brightman I love and her. I have Aqua both the two albums, they had some EPs. I didn't I didn't get into yeah. the EP. They had one song that was like their comeback song, Mama said. That song was really good. So I did yeah. I did I paid for that on iTunes. So I don't know, maybe because I'm staying in Denmark, I'm saying Aqua, but I doubt that that would happen. But any other dream, I would be down for a Max Martin like full on tribute. I would be I here for like, that. Or just like a tribute to like 90 Swedish pop. And yeah, I would be yeah. down for that. It's well, like- and we need Rob. Honestly, Robin has never been on the Eurovision stage. And I. Oh, my God. Can we call her? Like, is she maybe she just doesn't want to be involved. I would imagine. Because she lives in she lives in Gothenburg. OK. Jotoborg. Um, She lives there, I think. And so that was actually my that was my thing. I was like, the only part of me that's like, I would be down for Gothenburg hosting is because to me, all of like, I'd say relevant Swedish musical acts that are known worldwide. Most of them are Gothenburg folks, Robin, little dragon. You know what I mean? Like I just, they're, they're there. That's a dream. That's, that's a dream. I, I dare not dream that dream. <laughs> no, no, no. I dare not we'll dream only that. be disappointed. <laughs> only be disappointed. Um, but yeah, I think that I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to this. So we're gonna close out. We've talked so much about Eurovision twenty twenty four. We talked about everything that we know. We've speculated on the things that we don't know. And we're gonna be back because we're I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little bonus episode. So the the official episode is over. Bye now. Um, <laughs> but we're going to do a bonus episode because I want us to go through and talk about the 27 countries that we have confirmed. And I want us to say yay or nay if we think they're going to come correct this year or not. You want to do that because Eurovision for real. We're back. Eurovision 2024. I'm hyped for it. I'm hyped for it. I think I am. I think I am. You should be too. Thank I'm you for listening. Happy. And thank you, Lily, for joining. Ha, ha, ha.